Today on Understanding Immigration, Kamala Harris in Guatemala. I mean, after this trip, I don't know if, if the White House will send her down again. Uh, in fact, Mallorca, the uh, DHS secretary, was already sent to Mexico after yeah. Harris left. So probably to do some you know, damage control. <laughs> now they just want to undo everything that he did, even if it was working. And you know, there were a lot of things that Trump did for immigration that did stem the flow. It really reflects the immigration policy of the Biden administration so far. We don't care what our own citizens think. We don't care what the citizens of foreign countries or the leaders of foreign countries say. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. This is Matthew Tregesser, FAIR's Press Secretary, and I'm joined by FAIR's Director of Research, Spencer Raley, today. Today, we'll be discussing Vice President Kamala Harris's recent trip to Guatemala and Mexico, and even though it was her first trip overseas as vice president, Harris's trip can only be described as a flop. She was criticized by both the left and the right for her actions and words during her stay, and actually may have even further strained relations with the two countries. In just a couple of days, she confirmed that she's the wrong person to help manage and fix one of the worst border and humanitarian crises in history. Please stay tuned for the entire episode. We have a very special guest at the end of this episode uh, to talk about this trip. It is Julio Rosas from townhall.com, and he'll be joining us uh, after we finish this segment. So, Spencer, let me start off with you here. This trip was a flat-out disaster. Can you recap briefly what happened in Guatemala specifically? Why did Harris go down there in the first place? Well, the entire intent of this trip was for Harris to have a discussion with the leaders in Guatemala about the root causes of immigration. Because as we've seen, the Biden administration has shown time and time again, they're not going to address illegal immigration in the United States. Their theory, which has been proven wrong throughout history, is that they can solve this by throwing money at foreign countries. They can you know, invest in you know, Guatemala, Honduras, other countries in the Northern Triangle, Mexico, and that'll cause people to stay in their country instead of pursuing opportunity in the United States. However, this did not work out as they planned. As soon as Harris got off the plane, she was met by Guatemalans uh, with signs saying things like, go home, mind your own business, and even Trump won which honestly was a clear message that they are not happy with the impact that the Biden administration's uh, immigration policies are having on their home country. They're essentially saying, if you truly want to fix the root causes of migration, stop incentivizing illegal immigration. Stop encouraging people to give up on their home country. And quite frankly, it did not go much better whenever she had her meeting with President Alejandro Yamate. Before that meeting even began, he went on CBS and noted that the current administration is clearly at fault for the current border crisis. He said the, the message changed to, we're going to reunite families, we're going to reunite children. And the very next day, coyotes were here in Guatemala organizing groups of children to take them to the United States. He later said, we have asked the United States government to send a clear message to prevent more people from leaving. So this did not go well at all. <laughs> and Harris was quite clearly and obviously rattled by all the negative press because she countered both the administration's agenda 
as well as her past words by telling migrants not to come to the United States and that, laughably, America will enforce our border laws, which honestly makes no sense. It's not consistent with other messaging from the administration because they have been openly inviting illegal aliens to the United States, both by changing policies and dismantling law enforcement mechanisms, and even with their words. I mean, Harris herself said, everyone is welcomed here, whenever she was talking about illegal immigration back in 2017. And indeed, all the administration's policies back that. Illegal entries are at all-time highs right now. We Mm -hmm. just saw 180,000 last month, which is the highest total since 2000, more than 20 years. And deportations, including the deportation of criminals, are reaching all-time lows. And remarkably, the disaster of this trip did not end there because Harris then went on NBC and lied when Lester Holt asked her when she planned to visit the southern border. And she just straight up lied and said, we've been to the border. And after Holt didn't let this slide Mm -hmm. and caught her in it and noted that this is obviously not true... She laughed in very Kamala Harris style and said, well, I also haven't been to Europe. Now, Matthew, I've only worked in immigration pretty much my whole career. So what do I know? But last I checked, we're not experiencing a humanitarian immigration crisis with (laughs) France and Belgium. So honestly, I think Harris has just expected that Americans will get on board with anything she does and apparently believe that a policy narrative of we just do everything the opposite of Trump would actually satisfy Americans who are concerned about their jobs and concerned about their health and safety and the health and safety of their families. And this is evidenced by the fact that she has no other answer than just nervous cackling whenever she's asked a valid and serious question about how she's going to address this border crisis. No, I, I totally agree. And that was a great rundown there, uh, Spencer. I mean, this was a really disappointing trip and it was a very short one too. And, you know, I, I get it. It was her first overseas trip and there was a lot of different nuances and, and different things to worry about, but this was almost as bad as it could be. I mean, just from, you know, sh- as soon as she landed, didn't receive warm welcomes. Her messaging remained confusing and almost conflicting. Um, she appeared tone deaf in, in mm-hmm. many circumstances. Um, she botched the interview with um, Lester Holt on NBC. You mentioned that. It's almost like it was unbelievable what happened in just that short time frame. And I think just kind of building on that, she didn't convince even her own party. You know, <laughs> she, her own party has gone from saying, you know, come to the United States illegally to be rewarded. And then she went down there and tried to counter that own messaging and even managed to lose some of the support in her own party, with AOC even saying that the quote, the trip was, quote, disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, this is especially, should be especially alarming to the administration because everything they've done on immigration so far is solely to please the radical left. And if AOC does not represent the radical left, I don't know who does. <laughs> right. Because right. we're seeing along the border, the you know moderate Democrats, legal immigrants, are not falling in line with this narrative of anyone who can get across the border is welcome here. You know, we just saw a Republican, a pro-border security Republican win in McAllen, which is a majority Hispanic district that has historically gone very, very blue. So this messaging is not resonating with anyone anymore. You know, we saw polling early on that basically showed, obviously, conservatives are not on board with a open borders policy. 
moderate Democrats aren't on board. Independents aren't on board. The only people that backed uh, President Biden and Vice President Harris on this issue were radical Democrats. And now even radical Democrats are saying, y'all have no clue what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, it, it's this has become an issue that is upsetting both members of, of the Republican Party and Democrat Party. I mean, it's not just, oh, it's a Republican issue, it's a conservative issue. I mean, many people on both sides of the aisle are upset of, of how Harris and Mayorkas and Biden have handled the southern border. Again, five months of continued increased legal immigration, uh, border apprehensions last month, uh, the highest for any month in 21 years. Uh, and so, you know, people want to see an end to this. They want to see a safe, legal way for people to come to this country. And that's not what we're seeing at all. And, you know, kind of to go off of um, the Guatemala trip, Kamala also went to Mexico the day after mm -hmm. Guatemala. And, you know, this was probably less of a rocky experience, but she still definitely did not have a good experience in the country when she met with uh, pr uh, President Obrador. People say her timing was bad. Uh, Mexico just finished its um, midterm elections. Uh, many, uh, which many people, at least 88 politicians uh, since September have been killed. So there, you know, there was a lot of violence going on. It was just kind of like an inappropriate time for her to visit. Uh, one Mexican government official called her visit not ideal. Uh, a former deputy assistant secretary of defense for Western um, Hemisphere Affairs said that she basically should have looked at what was going on internally uh, in Mexico, and she didn't, and she just basically showed up at the wrong possible time. So she, again, appeared tone deaf, took the spotlight away from what was happening domestically in Mexico. And then, you know, she left the country after negotiating a $130 million commitment over the next three years uh, to support, you know, these uh, so-called labor uh, reforms in Mexico and loans to bolster its uh, southern economy. But, I mean, again, this type of foreign aid we've seen repeatedly doesn't really do much to, you know, curb legal immigration mm -hmm. and really secure a southern border. So... Again, I think this was a, a, a really a, just a bad trip in general. Yeah, it just seems like from start to finish, it was very tone deaf. Yeah, you know there, and it really reflects the immigration policy of the Biden administration so far. We don't care what our own citizens think. We don't care what the citizens of foreign countries or the leaders of foreign countries say. We're going to literally do everything the opposite of Trump, including things that the president of Mexico, the president of Guatemala have told us were impactful and helped their countries. But because Trump did it, we're going to do the opposite. And we're seeing the negative repercussions of that now. Mm -hmm. No, and, and, and we are. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, you have to question if Harris is going to be allowed even to go back to Mexico <laughs> and Guatemala. I mean, obviously, if, if she's in this border type of position, border czar, if you will, um, you know, she should be frequently visiting these countries, uh, negotiating agreements, just checking in on what's going on in these countries. But, I mean, after this trip, I don't know if, if the White House will send her down again. Uh, in fact, Mallorca, the uh, DHS secretary, was already sent to Mexico after yeah. Harris left. So probably to do some, you know, damage control. <laughs> well, obviously, the entire theory of the administration on how they're going to fix the immigration crisis is throw money at it. So... Uh, Harris's trip was supposed to be to generate positive press and convince the American people that we're on this, that we're going to fix it. But history has shown us, you know, throwing money at an issue isn't going to work. So it's in a way beneficial to the American people that this facade did not work. Mm -hmm. You know, all you have to do is look at look at what happened in the Middle East when we threw money at those issues. Are those thriving Western societies now that benefit the United States? No, they're not. 
There continue to be failed states. We've tried this in Central and South America before. Mm -hmm. And immigration, illegal immigration now is worse than ever. So essentially all we're doing is we're funding people's trips <laughs> to come into the United States illegally. So, yeah, I think in some ways it might be beneficial to the American people that this facade of a trip did not work out, that the press was not positive, that the Central American leaders saw right through the BS and that Harris botched it because that was their goal. And now that their, that their goal was for this to generate positive press, and now that that has failed, hopefully they're not going to be left with any more recourse other than to consider perhaps re-implementing some of the positive policies that worked under Trump. That might just be wishful thinking. <laughs> Obviously, they're not going to do anything to give Republicans or President Trump any credit. But who knows? Maybe they'll you know repackage some form of MPP under a different name and take credit for it. Who knows? Honestly, you know that could actually be a, a possibility. But just name it something else. Um, all right, Spencer, that was a really good rundown of what happened during this two-day trip. So now I want to bring in senior writer for townhall.com, Julio Rosas. Uh, he covers immigration extensively and uh, actually had a really good piece on Harris's trip. And he talked about how the White House was perplexed and uh, even disappointed and uh, how Harris handled herself during this experience. So, Julio, you reported that the White House wasn't happy with her trip. Why were they unhappy? Uh, what did you see from your end? Well, it's just because, I mean, nothing of real value was, was implemented dur during the trips. I mean, sure, they could talk about anti-corruption task forces and even more money being spent than, uh, to be sent down in, in those countries. But, I mean, really, the whole thing was overshadowed by the fact that Harris has, has purposefully, I should add, uh, avoided making a trip to the southern border. And so, you know, that question came up multiple times. And each time her answer just kept getting worse and her laugh kept getting worse as well. Uh, to, to, that, to that question, I mean, so it was just, it was, it was just a complete, uh, okay, I wouldn't say it was a complete waste of time because I, let's say the, the good thing is that she kind of brought the issue back because, um, you know, I've been covering the border for a couple of years. And, and obviously there was a big interest from the media uh, back in March when the crisis kind of first really gained steam. But you know, in, in the time mm -hmm. since then, it hasn't gotten as much attention uh, as as it recently did because Harris has avoided the border. So I guess that that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, but Really, it was just it was just a waste of time, and yeah, I'm not surprised at all that the the White House and uh, the president's staff was was unhappy with her performance because I mean it was just it, it just it just highlighted again why she uh, was not a viable candidate during the primaries. I mean, she dropped out uh, before the first voting first round of voting started. So, I mean, it's it just it just was of it was of little consequence. Right. Yeah. You know, so, how do you think the governments of Mexico and Guatemala view her after this trip? Obviously, there were, you know, there was some tension before she even traveled to these countries for the first time. Um, do you think that they view her differently, the same, or maybe uh, better or worse? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say, right? Because both Mexico's president and Guatemala's president have, have said that the current surge that, that we're seeing is directly caused by the the Biden administration's open border rhetoric and policies that they that they've implemented and so i mean it's kind of hard to then 
I mean, obviously they played nice when they were, when they were together, but uh, it's just the fact that they know what's causing their people to leave. uh, And they, they, but I mean, they still have to work with them to try to, you know, keep, uh, you know, again, crack down on the corruption, crack down on the drug cartels and or whatever. But it, it's just kind of like, again, she's she's not the president. So, I mean, they, they know that they're working with an office that is just basically a figurehead office uh, as a backup in case, you know, the worst happens. So it, it, it just, again, shows how unserious the, the Biden administration is in actually fixing the problem that they created. Um, and so, they, 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 they are just dealing with the fact that, that, that they're stuck with her and they know that she doesn't want to deal with it because obviously the issue of illegal immigration has been around for decades. And as I said before, we've spent lots of money on security and sending money down to, to the Northern Triangle countries in Mexico to try to try to solve it to, to, to no avail. So this, again, it's just, it was just a, a trip that, that was made. And now I, I highly doubt anything of uh, a real value will, will have come out of it. So Julio, obviously the issue of immigration has not been very popular with this administration with the American public. And the Biden administration was clearly hoping that sending Vice President Harris on a trip like this would generate some positive press, that we could maybe show some kind of unity with Central American countries and convince voters that they are on it, that they are trying to fix this issue. Instead, we got what we got, you know, a, a, a disaster from the administration's standpoint and a lot of negative press. So my question is, will the administration allow the vice president to continue going on trips like this in the future? Uh, trips to the border or just trips in general? I'm thinking specifically working with foreign dignitaries in the Northern Triangle in South America. Uh, well, may, may, maybe not, because, I mean, uh, it was reported this week that the Secretary of Homeland Security, he, he's going down to the Northern Triangle countries right after. So maybe may, maybe not, right? I mean, because now it, it looks like from, from an outsider perspective that he's kind of on cleanup duty <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from, from, from Harris's trip. It's like, okay, well, you know, the vice president work out, so let's send the Homeland Security guy down there. Um, and, and at least at least Marcos has, has been to the border. Granted, it was El Paso, um, and it was to a, a child facility, so it wasn't even really necessarily uh, the full uh, scope of it. But at least, at least he's been to a border town uh, during this current crisis. So I, I would hope he has a better understanding of, of what's really happening uh, as as opposed to Harris, and, and look, I understand that you know these trips uh, can be a photo op, and you know it, it's just you know it's just for scenery, and I get that. Uh, but you know, as someone who's been down there multiple times, especially to the Rio Grande Valley, it's just it's just hard to deny that there isn't a crisis when you see it for yourself. And really, the hope uh, you know with a trip for Harris to go down there would be you know a sense of urgency to kind of face reality and say, okay, well maybe this isn't actually working out. Let's actually like re-implement some of the policies that Trump uh, put in place. Now, of course, that's just wishful thinking. But mm-hmm. again, that, that that that's just why Harris hasn't been down to the border uh, anyway. Because again, it, it just it would look bad. Uh, it would just be another trip with negative press. Because you know, you, when you have kids showing up by themselves while the vice president is like a mile or so away, it just it just it just doesn't look too good. And that really kind of answers my next question, which is why won't the vice president visit the border? 
you know, it seems like this was well overdue, even if they tried to create some sort of beneficial photo op. You know, is it truly better for this administration to just for, for Harris and Biden to completely ignore the issue? Or are they potentially planning some sort of middle ground thing to at least try to give the illusion that they're on top of it? I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? Because, I mean, they are ignoring it. Uh, and like I said, by having Harris or even Biden not go down there. Um, I mean, even even during the crisis in, 20, in 2019, 2018, when, it was, you know, at least Pence made the effort to go down there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, no, it, it very much is just the fact that they know they caused this surge. I mean, it, it's, it, <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not that stupid. They know they cause it and they don't want to see the effects for themselves. And so I think, the, yeah, they're, they're going to try to focus more on, well, we're going to do immigration reform and yada, yada, yada. We'll work with Congress and try to pass something through, which is OK, fine. But that still doesn't address what, what's going on right now, which is we have parents voluntarily separating themselves from their kids, sending them on this very dangerous and perilous journey up north. A lot of them don't make it. They get abused sexually, physically. Sometimes they just straight up disappear uh, to you know, who knows what. And, you know, if they make it to the border, then they then go into whatever place that they're trying to get to. And more often than not, they're still indebted to the cartels to pay off their to pay off their smuggling debt. So, I mean, like that to me, that's not a compassionate approach to immigration. Uh, just be, and so, again, that's what that is a consequence of what the Biden administration has has created. Julio, you know, what do you think the end goal with all this is? I mean, we have under Biden five months of, you know, continued increased legal immigration, 180,000 apprehensions last month. And that's the largest total for any month in 21 years. The number of UACs in federal custody is at an all-time high. I mean, this is unsustainable, obviously, but, you know, what is the end goal? Because eventually you would think that they would have to take some action to change something. I mean, this you can't have this for another three and a half more years you know honestly i don't i i don't know what the end goal is right because it, it, it from, from a from a logical standpoint you're right like this it's not sustainable they thankfully have you know decreased the amount of people that are in the border patrol facilities right you know those cramps mm -hmm. uh like the one in donna and all that but that's only because they rapidly built up the the outflow process right the mm -hmm. inflow is still very much an issue and then, of course, then, you know, you have people who are not necessarily qualified, right? You know, they're asking volunteers from all these federal agencies to to staff all of these uh, new facilities. And, you know, that brings a whole host of problems. And so, um, no, I, I, I don't know what the angle is, right? And, and I, it, again, it's just hard to think of, well, why would they allow such a thing to just continue on in the first place? Because the idea is like, well, this is clearly not working. So let's go ahead and change course. But no, they, they, they've continued, they've continued to say the course. And I think part of it is just the fact that they're so scared uh, of, of being accused of acting like Donald Trump uh, mm -hmm. when, when it comes to immigration. I mean, and they, 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 wanted, they ran on Orange Man bad. They, they, they got into office. And so now they just want to undo everything that he did, even if it was working. And, you know, there were a lot of things that Trump did for immigration that did stem the flow. Obviously people still cross and there's still drugs and what have you, but it wasn't on this scale in such a short mm -hmm. amount of time. So I think they're just scared to just seem like they're acting like Trump on, on immigration, despite the fact that even like Biden himself back in the early two thousands supported building 
the wall. So oh, it, yeah. it's just, yeah. it, it's just crazy. It's crazy how much changes in like 10, 15 years. Uh, but that's just one example. And obviously that doesn't get brought up as much anymore. You know, I find it really interesting that, you know, obviously Republicans have blasted uh, Harris for not only the trip, but how she's handled this border uh, role. But now even a number of Democrats are calling out her and Mayorkas and Biden, uh, you know, people from border districts like Cuellar, um, even AOC. I don't know if you saw that. She was uh, called Harris's remarks in Guatemala disappointing. I mean, this is not even just a, you know, a right-leaning issue or a Republican issue. I mean, it seems like people on both sides of of the political aisle are upset with how the administration is handling the border right now. Um, have you seen this recently? And, you know, what are your thoughts on just that it's becoming kind of like a, a unified issue in terms of, you know, people being upset at, at the administration? Well, so, yeah, and obviously most of the Democrats that don't live near the border, they, they can live in ignorant bliss on, on what's really happening. But, I mean, I got to give props to uh, Congressman Cuellar because he, he has been a leading voice on on the issue or on on the current crisis uh just because he knows the effects because he, he lives in laredo right i mean that's border town and mm-hmm. so uh, i mean he was the one that was he leaked the first photos of, of when the when the border patrol facilities were overcrowded uh right i mean that didn't come from republican that that was from the democrat and so i think uh, that, that it's encouraged even uh mark kelly and kristen seminov in arizona they Obviously, they haven't been as vocal, but they have said, like, yeah, they, this is this is a problem that, sh- that should be addressed uh, by the administration. And so, yeah, this isn't necess- this isn't just Republicans doing these these stunts and photo ops or, or you know, what have you. This, there is concern. And and like I said, I mean, if there were there are hundreds of people crossing the backyards up here in Washington, D.C., Navy Yard and Arlington, you can bet your butt that they would <laughs> get you know, try to fix on it right away. But. But because these are relatively, I mean, El Paso is like the only major border town in, in San Diego. Uh, but because, you know, these small border towns just don't have the, the importance to the rest of the nation, they can just let it just continue affect them because obviously the, the effects of illegal immigration does ripple out. But by the time it gets to D.C. or New York City, it's not as up, up front in your face as it is in La Jolla or El Belgo or uh, or Del Rio. So that's why they're able to just, you know, not really pay attention to it. Yeah. That's a, that, that's a really good point you bring up because immigration is by far the administration's least popular issue with voters. You know, the vast majority of Americans think the administration is handling the border crisis in a completely in a, in unacceptable way. So what would have to happen for the Biden and Harris administration to change course on immigration? Or is that even a possibility? Are they just willing to go down with the ship at this point if that ends up being a defining issue? I, I don't, I mean, I don't see it changing. I don't see them changing. And then that's the sad thing because again, just what I was, what I was referring to before about, you know, what the migrants themselves go through mm-hmm. to, to reach the United States. So because it's out of, again, it's just because it's out of sight, out of mind, they can afford, and the rest of the country uh, that, that supports them, uh, they can afford to just, you know, not, not pay attention to it. And, and that's why I, I've been making sure that I go down there as often as I can when, when, when it's relevant to, to really highlight, hey, this is still going on, this is an issue. And now, of course, we're now entering June. I mean, it's 100 mm-hmm. degrees down, down there with the humidity. Uh, or, or the very extensive dry heat. So a lot of people are going to die. Uh, yeah. A lot of people already die. 
uh, yeah. on, on the journey north. And but now with just the more influx of people, then naturally more people are going to die. And so again, but because it happens in Mexico or it happens in the remote deserts of Arizona or Texas, people don't they can like I said they can afford to not give it the attention it deserves. You know, we just saw a uh, a border town in Texas, uh, actually a pretty sizable community, elect a Republican mayor. And so I'm curious, even if this isn't impacting the Biden-Harris campaign in a meaningful enough way to cause them to change course, what are the ramifications in the midterms in 2022? Yeah, no, I think I think because... It, their handling of it is has been actually like very unpopular. Actually, uh, one of the most unpopular things so far in in, in Biden's term, because uh, I mean we even saw it during the twenty twenty elections, right, where the border mm-hmm. counties in Texas just flipping to red, which is something that's kind of unheard of because a lot of these areas are Democrat leaning. But again, because the this is an everyday issue for for people, they saw how it was under Trump. They liked it with the you know, building of the border wall and, uh, you know, cracking, not doing catch and release uh, and using 40 title 42 to try to you know, prevent COVID cases from coming in. Um, they, they, they wanted more of that. And so I think what the, the, the mayor, the, the new GOP mayor of McAllen, I think that is a sign to say that, OK, yeah, if you are if we're going to have democratic leaders ignore this then we're going to just go with republicans because at least they're making noise about it uh so i think mm-hmm. it, i think i think that will bode well for republicans nationwide uh in the midterms for the house i think they have a really i mean they were already kind of poised to to gain uh the majority again but with this being just a constant thorn in the side of the harrison or the biden harris administration uh they can definitely use that to their advantage and and look you know obviously it shouldn't be political, but it, but it, but it is because these are real yeah. people that we're, that we're talking about. And obviously it affects Americans as well. Um, but it, and that's why it's even more unfortunate that Democrats on a national level just really don't want to address the problem. All right. Well, I think that's a great place to end today. And that's all the time that we have. Uh, we'd like to thank Julio for joining us today. Again, he is a senior writer at townhall.com. So please check out their website if you want to read more of his articles. You can also find him on Twitter at Julio underscore Rosas 11. Uh, he posts a lot of content on his uh, Twitter feed. So be sure to check him out there. Uh, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We hope that you learned about this historic and kind of disastrous trip, to be honest. Uh, Hopefully this can serve as a learning experience for the vice president. As a reminder, we'll be releasing a new episode every other Monday. Our episodes are available on most platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, You can also visit our website, fairus.org, to uh, access these episodes, and also on our Twitter feed, at Fair Immigration, to access them as well. So please spread the word. We really appreciate you tuning in and listening to these episodes. Until next time, this has been Understanding Immigration, presented by Fair.